Today, $70 billion of Christians' money is invested in funds that support abortions and anti-family lifestyles. We want to change that. This is FBI, faith-based investing with Anthony Wright. God's not dead, he's surely Hello and welcome to today's edition of Faith-Based Investing. I'm Tom Levine and with me is my good friend Jay Peroni. Jay, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, how are you doing today, Tom? I'm doing great. Thank you. And so you've recently had a big family move, right? You moved to Tennessee. Good old Cookville, Tennessee. Yes, absolutely. Are you, are you loving it here? Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's good to be back in the South. It's different when you go to the North. Uh, one of the things I find sometimes is, you know, people are friendly in the North, but in the South, it's a totally different environment. Just from what I've found, I've lived in both the North, I grew up in the North most of my life, in the Massachusetts area. Mm -hmm. I lived in the Charleston area for a while, and uh, it's just so great to be back here in the South. It feels like home. Oh, that's great. Well, I've had the opportunity to visit there. I've only been to Tennessee a couple of times to see Anthony, and I just noticed walking down the street, everybody says hi, and they're so friendly, and and that's uh, it's it's a unique family feeling. Yeah, I remember the first time I was living in the South and uh, I was in a parking lot near a, a mall and a guy was just like, hey, how you doing? And I, I thought he was trying to sell me something because, <laughs> you know, I'm used to being in the North where you keep to yourself a lot of the time and, uh, you know, make eye contact. And, you know, it, so it, it was very much, uh, you know, a welcome surprise, uh, you know, as I got to the South. What kinds of things are Christian families telling you when you connect to them uh clients or maybe people who are considering becoming clients, what kinds of things are people saying to you today? Yeah, today, uh, you know, people with the, the moral culture and what's going on, you know, in the country with, uh, you know, war being prevalent, with uh, mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, abortion rights, you know, and just things going on with uh, being able to kill babies after they're born and just some of the crazy oh. ideas that are being spread throughout our country. Uh, a lot of our clients are coming to us and very much more passionate than ever about making sure that they're not funding abortion, they're not funding pornography, they're not funding uh, things like alcohol and tobacco and gambling and things that are destroying our society. So we have clients right now that are actually coming to us saying, Jay, get us out of these things and help us to get our portfolios in line with our faith and values. So tell me if I'm right about this. People um, start a new job. They sit down with the HR director. The HR director says, hey, we have a 401k. Where do you want to, how much do you want to put in and where do you want to invest? And then they settle on some fund. And in that fund are stocks. And in those stocks, they have taxes. And instead of paying the taxes, they go, well, let's give to a quote unquote charitable organization which could be something like Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. And so their money unknowingly, unwittingly is going to sell fetal parts, you know, on the open market or whatever, whatever wrong things that don't line up with their faith. Am I right about that scenario? Is that what's happening out there? Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, when you look at how people invest and in, a lot of people, it's kind of like a black box. You just send your money off and some money manager gets it and the money manager is going to select the stocks and their goal is to just make as much money as they can for their clients and, and most of them don't have any type of moral restrictions they don't have any type of uh, screening that they're using so if you look at the average mutual fund or the average 401k holding or mutual fund you'll see 
that the majority of these are failing what most of our clients would say, hey, Jay, I don't want to be invested in because the manager does not have that as one of his parameters or her parameters. They're just simply going out and trying to get the maximum return. We're trying to get a maximum return as well, but we're looking at what are the sources, what are the types of companies that we can invest in that are making a positive difference in our world and they're not supporting things like Planned Parenthood and LGBT uh, causes and, and supporting things like that that contradict a lot of our Christian clients' values. Jay, you and your team there uh, create customized, interactive, comprehensive financial plans mm, for yes. our Christian brothers and sisters. What goes into a financial plan? It looks at a number of things. So first of all, we're looking at what's coming in. You got to look at your income. So what do you have for income sources? Maybe pensions, maybe uh, some part-time or full-time employment, looking at um, maybe own some land, you have some rentals, real estate. We look at all the sources of income. Then we look at the outflow. Where's that money going? Uh, some of it's going to go toward expenses. But also, there are some opportunities for giving and also for saving and investing. So we typically try to recommend uh, what we call three-thirds. So 10% at least going toward giving plan. Could be ministries, could be church, could be charities that, that line up with your faith and values. Then we look at saving 10% for emergencies. What happens if the roof goes? What happens if the, the car doesn't work anymore and you need to replace it? So that amount of savings for emergencies and then putting at least 10 to 20% away for long-term savings. Things like being able to stop working and being able to fund retirement. Retiring from one thing to another thing. Maybe it's uh, you worked or had a job and now you're going to go into full-time ministry or start a business. But having those options and flexibility is what the financial plan is all about. It's creating that plan so that you can have options and choices later on in life. Well, we've all read about uh, the kind of inflation that people are facing and just how much of a shock it is just to mm -hmm. go and fill up your gas tank. Um, my understanding is a few years ago that people had very little liquidity, very little access to cash. Is that still true? I think, uh, you know, as we've seen through uh, with with COVID and all of the, the hands at handouts and all of the uh, mm -hmm. stimulus and things, uh, the fact that the job market is so good, uh, people do have a lot of excess cash right now. There's a lot of extra money that's been sitting and savings accounts. I had a woman come in the other day and uh, she's been retired for 10 years and she's just accumulating all kinds of cash in her uh, checking and savings account. She had over $650,000 sitting in her checking account earning 0.1%. And I said, ma'am, I hate to say this, but you're losing money. And she looked at me with, with a puzzled look. What, what do you mean, mean I'm losing money? Uh, I said, well, you got to look at your real rate of return. So you take your return then you subtract taxes, then you subtract inflation, and you get your real rate of return. And she was losing about 5 to 6% per year right now based on the current environment. So I said, we've got to do something with this money. Let's create an inflation-protected plan. Let's get some commodities. Let's get a little bit of dividend-paying stocks. Let's get some safe investments in here, things that'll pay a little bit more interest than you're earning now. So at least you have a chance that your money's not losing money. A lot of people think cash, I'm not gonna lose money. Well, yes, you are because of taxes <laughs> and inflation. 
you know, you mentioned taxes. What are some practical ways, what are some common ways you help people to minimize their tax liability? So we look at uh, a number of different factors. We look at, again, the sources of what's coming in, what's going out, what type of vehicles they're currently using, and not cars. I don't mean vehicles like that, but things like IRAs and Roth IRAs and and non-qualified deferred accounts. There's a lot of things that we can do and be very strategic with tax planning. Even if they have a taxable account, we can do things like tax loss harvesting, looking at as hmm. we sell winners, selling off some of the losers to offset the gains so they're, they're not paying so much in taxes, and then using vehicles that can either grow tax-free or tax-deferred, so trying to push taxes down the road. And then for a lot of our clients, they also want to make a decision on, should I convert from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. We work with those equations. Should you do it all in one year, over several years? What are the pros and cons of that? There are a lot of tax decisions that you can make. We can't control what the uh, the government does with taxes, but we can control how we react to what the government's doing. And I always say that there are two types of people or two laws of tax laws for people, for the informed and the uninformed. The informed are those who are strategic, understand the tax laws, and plan around them, whereas the uninformed just go by the seat of their pants. They pay more taxes than they should, and unfortunately, that's where the majority of the population falls into. We are talking to Jay Peroni, and he and Anthony and Aaron Wright and the team at uh, Faith-Based Investing want to help and to serve you. And so, Jay, if someone comes to you, if someone were to call you and reach out and say, okay, how do I screen and clean my investments? What would you tell them to do next? Yeah, so the first step is really we need to see where you're currently investing. So we normally request, we don't need your account number, but we need to see what holdings you have. So either a spreadsheet with all of the ticker symbols, uh, which which represent the investments you have. And then also, you know, if you have the statements, we look through everything and we'd be able to see based on your values and your faith, what do you want to screen for? What are the types of things you want to screen out? Could be things like abortion, pornography, embryonic stem cell research, vices like tobacco, alcohol, gambling, uh, even environmental. You know, some of these uh, countries are very hostile to Christians. So we look at uh, countries that uh, may be failing the screens as well. And as we look at that, we do a full analysis. We'll look at where you're currently investing and we'll point out, you know, you've got 30% of your portfolio failing your screens. And then we'll clean it by putting together a proposal on how we can go from 30% of your companies failing the screens to all of them passing them. And that would be where we help you to uh, move accounts, get out of certain investments into new ones, and really, like you said, clean screen and clean the portfolio. Well, I can only speak as uh, as a client of yours, as somebody who has actually done this process. And literally, if you're out there listening and you go, I don't have time for this, maybe someday I'll do this. I just want to tell you, it took me 15 minutes to gather the information I needed. And then everything else just took care of itself. I mean, it was just a very quick and easy process. So I want to encourage you to do that. Whether you're looking for wisdom on your retirement income or maybe annuities or life insurance or precious metals, you've been interested in finding out more about that, or just some help protecting your asset assets during these very turbulent, scary times. Stay with us because we have some practical answers you can use today. And Jay, I think we're going to take a quick break right here. 
And when we come back, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about what motivates you to do what you do. So this is Faith-Based Investing. You can learn all about us at the website at BibleSafeInvesting.com. That's BibleSafeInvesting.com. Sometimes before you do the right things, you have to stop doing the wrong things. We'll be back with more right after this. Hi there. Are you aware that you are possibly funding abortions, same-sex marriages, and even sex trafficking through your investments? The truth is, people don't really know. I'm Anthony Wright, host of Faith-Based Investing. It's great that you're investing, but you need to know what your investment dollars are funding. My goal is to keep God's blessings on your investments by keeping them Bible-approved. As Christians, you and I should know if these companies inside our investment portfolios are using our money to support these ungodly things. And if they are, then we have a moral obligation and a responsibility to change that. So I'm offering to screen your investments today absolutely free to see if they are Bible-safe and God-honoring. Visit me at BibleSafeInvesting.com. That's BibleSafeInvesting.com. Or call me at 931-RETIRED. You're saving and investing for the future, and that's good. While you build and save, have you ever stopped to think, where does my money actually go? Am I investing in things I don't believe in? We have answers. This is Faith-Based Investing with Anthony Wright. Welcome back to part two of Faith-Based Investing. I'm Tom Levine, and we're talking to Jay Peroni. And Jay, I know you have um, some great credentials. You could be doing any number of things. What has motivated you to work with Christian families, and what gets you out of bed and motivates you each day? I think the biggest thing for me was really just the fact that, uh, you know, being able to help families incorporate their faith and values, because for me, I had been in the industry for over 10 years as a financial professional, financial advisor, and my journey started with a client question that literally changed my life. And the question at the time seemed so simple, but it was so complex. And the question was, Jay, can I expect God to bless what I'm doing if I'm investing in things that oppose his word? Mm -hmm. And I was like a deer in headlights. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, if I'm investing in things that violate my faith, things that the Bible clearly says I shouldn't be supporting, can I really expect God to bless those investments? And for me, it was really just a, a challenge. I had a lot of sleepless nights just wrestling with it, number one. Uh, does God care about where we invest? Yes, <laughs> he cares about the little things, right? And where our heart is. And then secondly, was it going to cost me something? You know, if I started preaching this to my clients, you know, invest according to your faith, my perception was that it was going to cost me something, that my clients were not going to get as good of returns, they were going to have to suffer, and instead of getting 12%, maybe they only get 8%, you know, that was my thought. And then as I started to do research and really look at what was available, what, what options did people have, I came to find out that there are literally thousands and thousands of companies out there, and there's less than 10% of them that fail the screens. So that gives us 90% of the universe or more, literally thousands and thousands of companies to choose amongst. If I can't find good investments amongst those thousands of choices, shame on me not on the screening process. So that gave me really a, a good peace of mind knowing that you can invest according to your faith and also get good returns. 
And I still wasn't convinced, even after all of this, right, Tom? <laughs> what I did is I, I set I set together two different portfolios, one that was faith-based and one that was non-faith-based. And this was back in 2008 and 2009. Do you remember that when oh, the financial markets yes. were just falling apart? Real estate was just collapsing. And you know which portfolio performed significantly better? The faith-based faith one. faith-based one. Yeah, I mean, it was just... Because a lot of uh, what it did is it avoided a lot of the financial companies because a lot of those failed the screen. So I was light on financials, had a lot of, uh, you know, good companies that stood up through that downtime. They, they weren't bulletproof, of course. But to me, that was convincing that you can, number one, invest according to your faith and get good returns. And that really motivated me to get up on a soapbox, write a couple of books about my journey and how people can incorporate their faith and values into their investments and not have to sacrifice returns. Well, I think that is so terrific. You know, we we will one day give an account for how we did life. And a big part of our life is our work. And what do we what do we work for? We work so we can be financially stable and uh, take care of our families. First Corinthians three says this, Jay, each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. So uh, we, we will face a judgment as far as whether or not we will receive rewards. The Bible is pretty clear on that. Um, mm. So I, I love the fact that you do this and keep the Bible central in your work. If you want to learn more about us, go to the website, biblesafeinvesting.com and download Anthony Wright's free book. It's available to you right now. You can download it free at, at the website. It's called Faith-Based Investing. That's biblesafeinvesting.com. So, Jay, I don't know how to ask this question except just to ask it. Before <laughs> I met Anthony, before I met you, I took a lot of pride in, in do-it-yourself investing. And I thought, you know what's smart is technology is kind of a, uh, a forward-thinking area to, to invest in. So I invested in a NASDAQ index fund. So if you, if you invest in an index fund, now what I'm thinking is you get, you're guaranteed to get the best of the best and the worst of the worst, right? I mean... You're not getting the yeah, best funds you, in each case. Yeah, typically uh, an index is good when the markets are rising. You know, everything goes up together. But when you get a challenging year like this year in 2022, what you tend to see is that, you know, let's say the S&P 500, which are 500 companies, it's one of the largest followed indexes. Mm -hmm. In that S&P 500, those 500 companies, there's probably maybe 50 to 100 that are really good companies. Then there are 50 to 100 <laughs> that are really bad companies. And then you've got a mix of, you know, mediocre companies, you know, in the rest of the index. So why would you want to invest in, you know, a lot of bad companies, some mediocre companies and only a few really good companies when you could zero in and find the cream of the crop? Focus in on companies that are enhancing the world around us. They've got great customers, great products, great services. Why would you not want to just zero in on that top 10 to 20% of the universe rather than just going broadly and having 500 companies? You look at Warren Buffett, right, who's one of the, the greatest investors of all time. How many companies does he own? Like 30, 40, or 50 companies, right? He doesn't own hundreds and hundreds of companies. So 
I always say, you know, if you have a good gift for selecting companies and, and really being able to still diversify but have the cream of the crop, that's a better way to go, in my opinion, than owning hundreds and hundreds of companies. Oh, that's good. And the average person is not going to know who is going to um, pass your screening and cleaning exactly. process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the average person, unfortunately, there's not a lot of tools and research. We spend literally thousands and thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars on research and on tools and technology to be able to screen portfolios and then be able to build them in a way that lines up with our clients' faith and values. Oh, that's good. Well, I know a lot of our listeners also have a question about the way you handle fees. So it's a good reason. It's the way you handle fees is actually a, a good reason why people should choose you, right? So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so we charge an asset management fee that's based on what we're managing, and we take one-twelfth of that fee on a monthly basis so that at the end of the year, it adds up to the percentage that we're charging. Uh, we're very fair. We're very competitive with our fees. Uh, the other thing is we tend not to have layers and layers of fees. And what do I mean by layers and layers of fees? <laughs> I see statements all of the time all the time where they're getting charged an advisory fee from their advisor for you know one to two percent. And then they have mutual funds that are also charging one to two percent. So that's what I mean by layers and layers of fees. And often they don't see those fees on their statements. It's very difficult to find how much am I paying in my mutual fund because there's often two fees inside that mutual fund. There's the expense ratio, which you can sometimes find on Morningstar, but there's also additional trading costs and fees that you have to request a supplemental uh, form to see what those additional fees are. So the average person I find is usually paying two to 3% per year in fees between their advisor and the underlying investments where we normally do a lot of individual securities and low-cost ETFs that don't have exuberant fees. So that allows us to get lower, lower costs in the internal fees. And then we do obviously charge a management fee as part of our fee for the service that we provide. Oh, that's good to know. I, it sounds like there's a lot of sleight of hand when it comes to there is, our unfortunately. <laughs> and how can we how can we fool them today? And and people are so tired of that, you know, in America. And just want to what you see is what you get. That's what people want. They want honesty in their dealings. And I really sense a big difference when it comes to that with you guys. Yeah, there's transparency. You can see right on your statement, you know, what we're charging in fees. And then there are no hidden costs and we don't have any surrender charges or, or penalties on most of our, our accounts. So you can see exactly what you're paying, how much you're paying each month. And uh, you, there's no surprises when you, when you wonder, okay, what am I paying my advisor? You can see it right on your statement. Well, you mentioned Warren Buffett before and Warren Buffett said, price is what you pay and value is what you get. Mm. So mm. if you're interested in value, um, give these guys a call. We're in our final uh, moments here. But um, Jay, talk a little bit about lazy money. You know what lazy money is? Like a savings account at the bank collecting very little mm. interest. Uh, is that a big problem? It is because again, you know, people have that perception that there's really no risk to it, right? If I don't make a decision, I don't have any risk because the money's not at risk. Well, it actually is because each year, the cost of gas, food, uh, clothing, everything around us is going up in value. So if you had $100 today just sitting in your bank and you just let it sit there for a year, maybe you collect a dollar in interest, you're lucky, right, if you can get 1%. So now you have $101 at the end of the year, but it costs you 
for the same goods a year ago, it cost you, right now it's running 6%. So you needed to earn 6% over the last year just to break even. Mm. You only earned one, so you lost 5%. And plus you had to pay taxes on the dollar that you earn. So you're, you're further and further behind. So the indecision or that lazy money is actually very costly because you, you don't keep up with inflation and you really don't get the return that you need to exceed inflation and taxes. Well, we are out of time for today's broadcast. Uh, you know, I would just encourage you to call Jay, call Anthony, call Aaron and the team and say, hey, I'd like to have a quick chat about our family finances and be sure to leave your name and phone number and they will get back to you. The telephone number to call is 931-RETIRED. Don't forget to uh, go to the website, which is BibleSafeInvesting.com, and that's how you connect with uh, Jay and Anthony and Aaron. And you can get your free book right now while you're thinking about it. Don't wait. It's called Faith-Based Investing, the free download, absolutely free, no obligation. And you'll have a chance there, too, to schedule your 15-minute complimentary no-obligation meeting. Anthony Wright and the team at Faith-Based Investing are there to uh, take you to and through retirement you're not alone, and they'll screen and clean your investments. So doesn't get much better than that. Jay, thank you so much for your time today. God Thanks bless you, brother. Me. You bet. And we'll talk to you again soon. And again, go to that website, friends. Thank you for listening today. It's BibleSafeInvesting.com. And we'll see you next time. Do you know where your investment dollars are going? Anthony's team will screen and clean your current investment portfolio. You can always count on receiving the three C's. Anthony's plan for you is customized, comprehensive, and complimentary. Tell a friend and listen next week for Faith-Based Investing with Anthony Wright.